You can't knock a woman off a pedestal she built herself. It's a Wood Podcast starts now. What's going on, beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of It's a Word Podcast. I am your host, Golden, and I am so glad you're here with me today. Oh, girl. Oh, girl. It's Thursday. Yes, it's Thursday. I done missed two days before I got here. But I'm here. I'm here. And I'm glad you're here. So let's get this party started. Sis, how are you doing? How's your day? How was, I mean, the, the, the day's pretty much starting. It's morning here. It's Thursday morning. Um, I started the podcast early this morning because I am potentially going to be um, busy this afternoon. So I'll have the podcast early for y'all. But how's your week so far? I hope that you are doing well. I hope that you're in a good mental space. I hope that you are in optimal health and that things are working out in your favor and that you continue to know that you are blessed and blessed and blessed and um I'm doing well thank you for thinking about it should you want to know yours truly is well in high in good spirit highly and you know in high spirits whatever you want to call it and I'm here with another episode um so let's talk a little bit um this past uh, weekend um let's see what's been going on well to start let's talk about international women's day that just passed so happy international women's day to all of the beautiful global women out in the world that are holding it down doing a thing you know bossing up leveling up upgrading doing the what they know to do to survive and know that you're the salt of the earth Know that you are the sustainer and the giver and the sustainer of life. Know that you are that which a society needs to thrive. And that the best of you is the best of all of us. Right? Right. Right. We really need to toot our horns as women. And that's one of the reasons why my platform exists. Because I want to contribute my voice to the upliftment of women. Black women particularly. And I make no qualms about it. So I think that there was a lot of, you know, um, a lot of uh, pictures and sayings and beautiful things happening on social media to spread the word on women um, awareness, women struggle awareness, women's rights, which we don't have much of still in this day and time. We still ask for basic human rights, basic things that we need. But at the end of the day, the beauty about the day and age that we live in I remember last year 2019 I was calling that year the year of the woman not because of the um, the me too movement per se but because I think as women we decided that we are really not worried about being accepted so much so that we would rather be respected but we're actually putting our foot down on it and that should we not find what we need in a specific environment or from a specific um at you know like um a place then we will gladly leave and do our own thing so you know women are we are finding we are forcibly finding 
finding our voices we are actually forcibly speaking up and we are forcibly taking steps to towards um doing things to better our you know circumstances whether it's on a micro level or societal level in your individual life as a woman it is your duty to speak up and um live in your authenticity because somebody else another woman another girl will look that look at that and learn that that's what they need to do and benefit off of that so that's my little my little two cent on international women's day and interestingly enough too sorry about that a big bus went by my um went by me just now um one thing that i highlighted in my posts about women's day is the terminology womanism I don't consider myself, should you care to know, I don't consider myself a feminist. I know as of, at first glance or at first thought, whenever we want to talk about women's rights or women's this and that, we refer to feminist. I think the general idea, without looking at the definition and the history, the general idea behind feminist is a pro-woman, person that's pro-woman. There are some men who consider themselves feminist. They call themselves, um, you know, man, whatever the name terminology is, I think it's man feminist, or they just call themselves outright feminists because they want to show support into to the plight of women. Um, I prefer to call myself a womanist. I follow into the uh, philosophy of poet and activist and author Alice Walker, who coined the term womanist to kind of put the emphasis on women's right to black women or women of color. Um, I there the um. This are, are Italian, oh, Italian. Wow, the Spanish or Latina counterparts. I think they call themselves. Um, I'm gonna butcher it. I think it's mujeres, mujeres or mujera. They have a terminology to kind of like um, have the Spanish version of womanism, because and I'm gonna go into a little bit of history right now. A little bit of like whatever. The quote that Alice Walker talks about when it comes to womanism in a nutshell she says that womanism is to feminism what purple is to lavender and i really love it i really appreciate that um she explains that the reason why she takes a more specific targeted approach to an offset of feminism to address the concerns and the needs of women of color, particularly black women, that at the time that feminism was on the rise, it didn't address those needs. It was mainly for women that were white in a certain class and were having issues with their male, white male counterparts. And it really excluded us. So in coining womanism and being a womanist, then it gives us a voice as far as, okay, feminist, you say is for like all women, but there's still some things about black women and women of color in general that you guys are not addressing. So how about we just, we're going to call ourselves womanist and make it a little bit more specific. 
So I consider myself a womanist. I believe I believe I believe truthfully in the rights of all women. I don't think that there should be any like I don't I don't see um color air quote color in that respect. However, my voice will will cater to first and foremost our needs, our views, our, you know, unseen rights and um things that we deal with specifically. I don't know um I don't know if you remember from my favorite previous podcast as I shared with you in the um allow me to introduce myself podcast. I was talking about for instance, I am a mother to an autistic child. So, and that's not necessarily addressing um feminist and women issue, but one thing that for instance, autism, that's another example. Autism is a big huge umbrella. And I remember and I'll I'll make a podcast about this because it's really important to all of my listeners out there if you have a child that is, you know, on the spectrum or with ADHD or any kind of like disability, of course, you know, I I am with you, I support you. Um and I remember when I would look online and look for things for black girls with autism. There wasn't anything. Sometimes you tap autism and you will see little boy, boy boys, little white girls occasionally. And, you know, it's not, it is nothing specific. If you're looking for specific autistic care for children of color, there's none of that. So there's many things in society that are still very broad, but don't address and help mothers like myself, a black mom with a black autistic child. There's some things that are left out. There's not a lot of, there's not a lot of anything that's out there to cater to. Okay, if a black mom encounters this, that, and a third with an autistic child that is black, what does he do? And you can say, what do you do? And you can say, well, Golden, you know, it, it should matter. Actually, it does. And I'll give you an example. Like, for instance... Dealing with children that have um, children with autis- autism, they have a lot of sensory issues, sensitivities, and let's say, for instance, my daughter's hair. It, she is very, very, very extremely sensitive and have hypersensitivity in response to it. You can't even touch her hair and doing her hair, and we already know as black women gl- growing up, doing our hair is like. Woo, especially if you're like on a you know 3C going up to 4C level, you know, the the more you level up with your hair coils, the more the harder it is to do. So, I was one time looking for that. I'm like, how do you care? And that was in my days where I didn't know too much about what to do with certain things in terms of caring for her without it being like a production because she couldn't stand it. She wasn't able to like she wasn't able to deal with it. And there was nothing. There was nothing. There aren't there there there's a there there are barbers out there who are who cater to doing hair to autistic children. There are ways to do hair to for little Susie and little Heather and little Megan, but nothing for us. And I didn't find one video on YouTube that said that the, a black mom and I'm probably going to be the one to do it too. That how to deal with a mom doing their their hair. You know what they do with their hair, the their child's hair especially girls if they're on their spectrum so i'm saying all this to say that there's nothing wrong with niching down to what we need as you know women but as but but specifically us anyway so happy international women's day happy international black woman day and you know let's do this um so i am um 
I'm really, um, there is, I don't know if I want to go into that news first or if I want to talk, what was the other thing I wanted to talk about? Because as you know, I'm not very, um, I'm not very, I haven't really kept my, in, um, my interest into what's been going on on social media or the news, but, oh, you know what? The, there is one thing that I want to say that I did see on the news that I was reading, um, and, um, it's the story of this, uh, speaking of black girls, speaking of us having issues in society still today, there's an, um, there was a uh, situation that occurred in a restaurant, um, Olive Garden to be specific, and the news came out that this young black girl that works there, um, 16 years old, and um, she's now 16 years old, and um, I, I believe it's in Indiana. The Olive Garden is located in Indiana. And she was working to have a customer seated. Let's say, I mean, a customer came in the restaurant and she was going to like serve them, have them seated. And the customer promptly said that she did not want, they did not want, I don't know if it's a she because it doesn't identify it. But they didn't want a black person to serve. They wanted a non-colored person to serve them. Um, the gag is that the restaurant actually complied to the request, which is not surprising. Let's just not act like we're surprised, but still. And um, they actually you know removed her from serving these customers and they you know gave them a white person to serve them and yeah so at the time of this podcast last i read at the time of me airing this podcast the little girl decided to sue and i'm like you know what sis you go get them for everything you've everything that they got everything that the maximum of it all i don't care if it includes freaking um you know uh, distress her, no, no. I mean, there's harassment in there clearly because, in addition to not only the customers, uh, being um having their requests complied to, but when she actually went to her superiors, they did not do anything about her complaint. They did not do anything about the harassment she was getting. In addition to that, she would they were they responded in animosity. She was saying how the coworkers were saying how you know basically you're overreacting. And one of the things that she said that her coworkers said, actually, she didn't even say that. The firm that is going to represent her, the lawyers, they put that in, um, they put in there on their post that, you know, black people will do anything for money. So they didn't even help her overcome the adversity that she faced there. They actually added to it. So she was like, okay. So she quit her job. And one thing that she said that was, that's the highlight of what I want to talk about. Because of course, this to me, as I'm telling it to you, I'm not impressed by it. And I'm not telling it to you to be like, oh, for shame. How come they do this still in 2020? How dare they? No, 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 no. I'm not even concerned about the customer that freaking wanted a white person to serve them. I'm not concerned about Olive Garden. You know, saying, yes, uh, let's give them somebody else because, you know, we don't want black fingers touching their food. That's what we want their money. The customers always ride bullshit. You know what I mean? That. And also, I'm not even concerned about none of that. What I want to highlight 
that I thought that I'm glad that she did mention in one of, in the post in response to what's going on is I actually I want to read it. I want to read it to you because I think for a 16 year old girl that is very um that would that's that I think that was very that to, for her to have that nuance was very interesting. She said patience is a, a virtue her name is by the way Amira. i know she's 16 on my podcast i don't want to give her last name it's out here in the new in the papers or whatever in the in article article but i don't you know she's a minor as far as i'm concerned so her name is first name is Amira. patience is virtue if i have if i would have acted any differently in that situation and played the air quote angry black girl narrative this situation would have been different. And now, let me tell y'all something. I am so glad that she says that. Think about it. You who's listening to me, you know good and well, especially if you're a black woman, you can relate to this. Okay, give me a second. I came up, something came up. I apologize. I'm just going to edit this. All right, sorry about that. I'm back. I'm back. Um, sorry, sis. There was a little bit of interference with uh, my phone, and I didn't want it to take over my podcast, so I was just going to deal with it. And here I am, the magic of editing. But yeah, let's talk about that, sis. I find it very amazing that, first of all, as a young woman growing up in this world, a young black woman growing up in this world we came into this world already stereotypical with a stereotype stereotype attached to us with a stigma in behavior particularly and i think that for this little this young woman to think that lucid to know that hey had i acted like the stereotypical black girl this whole situation would have been completely different. She would have been painted as the bad guy or the bad girl rather. And it would have been expected. It would have been like, see, see, this is why we wanted a white person to serve us because this is how they act. They referring to black women, black girls. But, and she, and even though she did not, even though she did not act like that and try and took the air quote civil approach, she was still put in a position like, you know, like in a um, deferred position about it, even though she truthfully is the victim. I, lo- I I really applaud and I commend her for saying, you know what? First of all, I'm glad that she's suing. You better sue, sue, sue. It's discrimination. So, you know, she's going to win. And by re- the reaction of the, the company, of course, they're going to have to settle. I believe it wholeheartedly. I don't even understand the legalities of it all, but I I really think that the way they don't want to have that kind of like stain on their brand anyways, which it doesn't matter. But I think that I hope that, you know, that it turns out in her favor. But you know what? This is why it's important and this is why I am so grateful and I thrive off the fact that I'm finding that I'm making time to contribute my voice to say to, to situations like this and say, you know what, black girl, you go. It doesn't matter. You are being you and it doesn't matter how you're going to be. 
this if you don't you best see yourself in the best of light you best to see yourself in the best of light because the world is not going to see you in the best of life no, light no matter how uh demure civil no matter how um appropriate appropriate you are no matter how be you know behaviorally air quote trained you are it's not going to matter matter of course on the flip side you know i mean come on sis t- teach your girls you know let us teach our girls to how to conduct themselves which kudos to mom for this child that she had the wits about herself and you know to deal with this adversity with grace and i think that instead of teaching our girls to uh comply or assimilate this is what i want to highlight just like that little girl uh, amira and i keep saying little girl and i don't mean that in, in a disrespectful way she is 16 she's still a minor but you know she's a girl she is our girl she's still a baby she's 16 to me anyway speaking from a mother's tongue you know from a mother's standpoint this is the beauty of it all is how she gracefully is dealing with the situation in a way where she comes out on top whether she's getting the proper response from outside people outside factors whatever the case may be and i really want to say kudos to you amira we are with you i am with you and you know you're gonna come out on top regardless and clearly this is the best way to teach our girls to be ready for the world because they are not going to be seen as people they're not going to be seen as human not like their counterpart their white counterparts or sometimes you know their other counterparts but they need to understand that you know there are they are to be respected regardless the way you see me has no has no bearing on who I am. You're, you know, deal, be how you're going to be. But at the end of the day, whether you respect me or not, whether you accept me or not, I am that I am. And so I really liked when I read her, her, her response to the situation. And I mean, further down the line, she was saying how stressful it was and it was disappointing. And that's understandable. She's a 16-year-old girl dealing with, all, with, this, with this type of um, adversity. And I think that that should reveal to us as black women, older women... Um, adult women that we shouldn't fool ourselves to think that although we are making progress, although we are um, you know stepping out in in pride and defense of ourselves that there are not more things to overcome and that maybe we need to fight harder or we really like I said earlier need to prepare our children a little bit more to to deal with these things so i thought that was a newsworthy of mention and to extract the positivity out of it is is that the girl's reaction and her um the way she deals with the situation is truly a blessing for her and also of course um you better get that coin <laughs> get it get all of that olive garden coin because clearly it's like hey they're in the wrong as far as i'm concerned so that's that on that um what else is going on that's pretty much it you know i am um you know what i did want to tell you about this too sis on a lighter note so i don't know if you know and i'm pretty sure you've seen a couple years ago black panther the movie i saw that they're planning to do a black panther too and i don't know how i feel about it you know and i'll tell you why 
and this is just a light, you know, my observation, my opinion. I know, you know, I don't want you to say, oh, no, Golden is not down with the Wakanda forever and all that stuff. No, it's not even about that. I was very excited about Black Panther. I loved the movie. I loved the way it was made. Yes, I was team Killmonger in a way because I know that there was this whole this conversation. So Mama was team team Killmonger, not because it was a villain, but behind, but because of the philosophy behind what Killmonger represents. But anyways, I'm not even gonna go into it. Okay, so I'm not even gonna go into it. But what I do want to say is this. Um, so it was a great movie. Um, and I'm thinking in 2020, I'm hoping you saw it. And if you didn't, please go rent it and watch it. Um, but it's one of Marvel's good movies that they made. Um, and I am myself a fan of um, the franchise. So, but I remember one thing that was said to me, uh, to me, not to me personally, but one thing that I read and that I heard at the time that Black Panther came out and people went to saw it to see it oh my god i apologize my english is all botched today um is that people were immediately requesting for a black panther 2 they were like oh my god is there gonna be a sequel oh my god is it gonna be a black panther 2 oh my god is there gonna be like a follow-up to the movie and the answer was no <laughs> they were like we are not planning to do a black panther i want to say chad boswick was the one chadwick boseman excuse me was the one that said no there's no talk in a black panther 2 they don't think there's gonna be one whatever the case may be and then at the time also there was like a kind of like an intertwining of avengers endgame where black panther was no was considered dead because of thanos and i mean it was a whole lot of whatever so maybe they were just saying that to like egg us on to believe that just so that they didn't you know didn't ruin avengers but the answer was no so everybody got over it to some degree actually we were like man i hope there would be a black panther too like i mean that thing was all over social media and i hope i'm not mistaken because i'm telling you people were like oh this got to be a black panther too and they were like nah ain't ain't gonna happen nope and we're not doing that where it's not gonna happen and now they're talking about black panther 2 is in progress and i'm leery about it i really am and I'll tell you, there's only one re- I mean, I mean, I want to say one that I can think of off the top of my head. Maybe a couple as I'm talking about it. Um, I think that, to me, the main reason why they're doing a Black Panther 2 is money. Period. It's just money. Because Black Panther, the first movie, if there's going to be a 2-1, but Black Panther 1 brought a lot of revenue to that to that franchise man they made a lot of money i don't have the exact figure in my head or i don't have even a close approximate of the figure in my head but they made money from day one i think by by the first when the first weekend was complete they like went they exceeded their the margin of what they expected for return their their roi so by the first weekend, when it first came out, when the, the first, the, as of the premiere, that movie had already grossed the ROI. So, um, I'm thinking because they saw and they see, which is good business, and it's absolutely, you know, that's that's just how it is. You'll give the people what they want if they're coming from that position. I think it's just a money move. I don't think it's because because the way the movie ended, I feel like 
it could have it, 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 it's a give or take it's like whether if they do a, a second movie that's fine but if they don't it is what it is type of ending which it kind of was like look it kind of was looking like they were going to give us a two but there could be a continuation but not really so I don't know man I don't know it's like I, I the reason why I, I don't know about how the quality and I know this is a, this is just a thought that's just me talking and this is not an important topic in relation to it's a word but the reason why I'm saying this is because I just hope that it doesn't like jeopardize the quality because Black Panther 1 was such a good movie I don't want the fact that they want to put a Black Panther 2 out and if all of the characters are coming back to maybe except well, except Killmonger because he you know I don't want to give you a spoiler alert spoiler alert should you have not seen it but um he didn't make it but um, I think that I don't know, man. I don't know how I feel about it. It's like I'd be happy if there's one, but at the same time, I'm like I don't really want the money to interfere with the quality of it, just because they know it's a guaranteed coin. It's a guaranteed coin. If if Black when not even if when Black Panther two comes out, it's a guaranteed coin. So we'll see, we'll see. I'm not saying I'm not gonna go see it if it comes out, um, when it's coming out or whatever. I just think that. I'm not excited about it like I was for Black Panther 1. So I'm kind of interested about what you think about it. Should you be into movies like that? What's your, you know, whatever. You can let me know when you email me. So that's that on that, sis. That's that on that. All right. So the next thing I want to talk about. You know, I'm really, I don't know where you live in the um, the country or in the rest of the world listening to this podcast thank you if you're listening to me i'm super grateful it's the word podcast at gmail.com <laughs> for your comments and your feedbacks and whatnot whatnot i actually look forward to have like an email like uh, you know emails from you guys so that i can share you know your thoughts on air and we can start discussing things things and stuff like that and also down the line i'm looking also to have like people to interview i already have like three I want to see three or four sisters that I'm going to want to, I want on my podcast. I want to interview them and so that they can, you know, give some, you know, give some words to share with us so that, you know, cause I, I don't want to make this podcast just me talking all the time. Ultimately, I'm going to have guests. I have goals, girl. I have goals. So it's going to be very exciting and I look forward to the day where the, you know, these things happen and I will make them happen, of course, but um, I'm so excited that spring is here. I got to tell you, like, it, this week, you know, was kind of like offbeat for, for all of us, of course, because already daylight savings time was like, it just butchered me. It butchered my week. I don't know how jet lag feels because I don't fly a lot. But man, when that ch- ch- light, uh, daylight savings time really threw me off. But... It's also very exciting because spring is here. Where I live, there's no more snow. At least I um, don't think we're going to get any because sometimes, you know, in the middle of April, it might we might end up having a blizzard. You never know. But um, spring is here, sis. And the good thing about spring being here is all this stuff about how spring is a good time for cleaning and decluttering and getting rid of junk and airing out this space and doing all that good stuff which i'm already like starting in march i think the spring cleaning is considered in they start talking about it in march or april but i started regardless and i think that um in that vein in that spirit i think that spring cleaning is a philosophy that i apply to life to my life to myself literally my body my mind my spirit my energy 
we need to have some of decluttering things going on for us sis we need to declutter our mind our spirits we need to get rid of the trash the garbage we need to get rid of the mold and the mildew of our you know of our thoughts and most of all we need to energize our bodies again to be in optimal health and of course people are going to talk about getting that beach body oh my god i was speaking of which i gotta say this disclaimer before i go into what i want to talk about I saw on Twitter, I think it was on Twitter, yeah, they are starting to put pictures of women, of celebrity women, and their bodies, and they're like, oh, you know, this is the body, oh, so-and-so is slaying the body that we dream of. Actually, that's the, the headline that I read. They posted a picture of Lala Anthony, and I don't know if you know who Lala is. I, I, to tell you the truth, I don't even know what Lala does, but I think she's an author, now but she's she used to be like a host i don't know what she does but you know she was laying on the beach of some kind and you know she was in a bikini she's very beautiful but the headline read uh lala is showing off the body of our dreams which is fine there's nothing wrong and i don't want to i'm not saying what i'm about to say is nothing um offensive or what you might call it um you know to downplay any anything or anybody's image but I thought to myself, I said, you know what, self, I think there's a slight uh, glitch in doing that because one thing we want, it, how can I say this so that it can make sense and I don't come across as a hater because I'm not. <laughs> I think that we should want to encourage people and we do, some places do, some posts do whatever, but we have to be careful how we dis I guess for lack of a better word display our celebrities as a body goal or sometimes even like they have relation hashtag relationship goals and things like that because and I'm going to use myself as an ex, an example and I'm you know maybe you've experienced it maybe you haven't um as a young girl growing up when you look at celebrities you aspire to want to be that's a good thing. You like somebody's look. You want to, you know, you emulate it, whatever. But with the body, I think we should be a little bit more careful because we're not all shaped the same. We don't all have the same body. And when I was growing up, I remember my favorite group, uh, singing group, was In Vogue. And I remember when I was um, growing up, they were like the sensei like destiny's child who you know what i mean like in vogue was the girls they were the girls in vogue were the girls and the thing that was interesting i remember sitting in, when i was watching it i think it was with my cousin and we were watching their video they had a video came come out onto their song giving him something he can feel which i think is a remake of the original song giving him something we can feel he can feel and I used to watch that video and I thought, oh my God, these women were so beautiful. They had these really long red gowns that were very, very, you know, uh, tight fitted and they had these gloves and they were dancing very, you know, um, you know, a choreography that was very sexy and very, and I was like, oh my God, you know? And so I used to want, look at, see how they look and want to look that way. But I remember when and the thing is is that I was a young I was young I was not even a teenager yet and they were grown women right so I used to look at myself in the mirror and say oh my god I don't have the same body as 
the ladies in in vogue you know what i'm saying like my belly or whatever whatever and i wasn't um chubby girl in any way but you know my body it was not shaped the same as a very sexy grown-ass woman you know what i'm saying so it really made me feel bad about my body but and you know what but feeling bad about your body has nothing to do with size okay especially when you're getting to me anyways and i could be wrong it doesn't have much to do with size it, it has a lot to do with confidence but depending on how you're raised also has to do with it what i'm saying is you can be small a small size and feel you know absolutely you know not good about your body and how it looks or you could just have a regular body and not feel you know it's all about how you feel on the inside so i was really devastated by that and when i saw the whole body of of our dreams thing i'm like you know why don't we just talk about people developing the bodies that they want to have to make them feel good and not look at a celebrity and think that you have to aspire to that kind of body because some of those bodies are not real bodies let's just be honest and some of those bodies they have money to maintain these bodies in a way where the regular woman cannot maintain her body and there's one post about this um this this lady that I follow on Instagram, she's a fitness model of some kind. Um, well, she's on a fitness journey. She's a mom. She's beautiful. I can't think of her name right now. And she wrote on her post because she has an, she's got the body of a god, like not even a goddess of a god. You look at her body and you're like, how in the world? So. And she wrote on her post, everybody's health, something to the fact, and I'm paraphrasing, everybody's health is different, everybody's body is different, so you should do what's good for you. And I was like, you know what, sis, thank you. Thank you for that. Because, you know, I can look at a body and be, and you see all of the, oh my God, everybody's drooling over her body. And some people may look at that and say, wow, you know, it's like if this is the kind of body it takes to feel attractive or to be attractive or to be healthy, I do not like, you know, I don't want to, I mean, we're having a truth moment. Okay. I have, you know, mommy's been breastfeeding two girls, you know, boobs. Like I don't for four, for eight years, I don't have, you know, <laughs> I don't have, I don't think there's a chance for me to have like, you know, the perkies anymore like that. But you know, you want to be at your optimal health for you and your body in terms of how your body type and your, you know, things like that. So I just think that the reason I brought this up to talk about energizing your body for spring and all that stuff and everybody's talking about you want to get your best body for the summer to wear the bikinis and all that stuff and flaunt this and that okay well you know what as long as it it talks about how i can do it for my my body type and how i can take care of myself because mama don't have lala anthony budget to keep my body looking like you know like i just like magazine magazine cover style you know what i mean and in any case i wanted to like kind of bring that up because I don't I, I'm not um I'm all about and I, if you haven't noticed yet I'm all about how does this fit into your life or how can you translate what you see in the way where it fits yourself not a cookie cutter you have to look like a certain thing or a certain body and that's supposed to be goals or that's supposed to be you know the ultimate or the what you might call it the um, that's the template to, to beauty or to having a nice body and that's an and, and man i have such a podcast that's going to be dedicated to that it's not even funny because that's part of us having to love ourselves more black women we're doing a good job trying kind of like aspiring to doing it to, to, to loving ourselves for who we are but we still got a long way to go as far as i'm concerned but anyways back to spring cleaning um yeah so decluttering our space and i'm talking about our mental space 
spring cleaning our thoughts, spring cleaning our spirit, renewing ourselves. Because the beauty about spring and the upcoming summer is that now nature is going to be in full bloom. And what you want, my sister, is to be in full bloom about yourself so that you can connect with the energies that are around you. The sun, you know, the air, the goodness and the warmth of, you know, things being good for you. But you have to make space for it, okay? I was always told that if you want things to come, you have to make room for it. There's not going to be, of course, you know, we, all, we know the expression, two things cannot occupy the same space. And, you know, you can, the, the more biblical one is, you know, you can't put new wine into old skin or an old, you know, jar, whatever you want to call it. You have to have a renewal of self, which is what spring is about. Spring is a rebirth. Spring is a renewal. It's a revival. And it's a cycle in life as well. We go through our ups, we go through our down, we go through our, you know, downtrodden, we go, we come, you know, we revisit life in a way where we can experience it experience it to the fullest the fullest excuse me <clears throat> so one thing that, that I think that I want to share with you just you know four things I want you to think about that I am working actively for myself and I'm doing it and it work it actually works okay it's part of spring cleaning part of cleaning yourself I don't want to use clean in that respect but part of uh, cleansing how about that part of um renewing yourself is taking a look at your habits some things you want to change should start with the habits that you have and I saw something online that I thought was very interesting that breaks down how to help you have better habits to be or to maximize the better things that you want to do or the better person that you want to be very easy. I'm not going to say very easy. I almost said it was going to be very easy. It's a very easy concept, but of course it takes time to apply something. It takes commitment and consistency for it to work, right? Right. All right. So let's talk about it. So you and I, because I'm going to throw myself in that too, want to find a way to change habits that maybe are not very, they're not serving us anymore. Okay. So what we want to look at is one. Number one, what is the habit that you want to change? When you look at the things, let's say you have a goal in mind, you want to do certain things. Let's say you have ideas that you want to bring into, um, you want to make manifest. Let's say there's some things about yourself that you want to, you want to kind of like um, improve. What is a habit that you want to change? Number, I'm going to use an example for the sake of this topic. I'm going to use something very easy. Um, you want to stop eating too much sugar you say oh my god I have a sweet tooth I eat way too much sugar I, I used to be big on pastry I, man you cannot put a donut in front of me I love donuts I love croissants I love like danishes I I I'm not a candy girl but candy girl I'm not a candy girl but I am uh oof, I love pastries I love cake all of that stuff right so let's say you say, okay, I eat way too much sugar. I need to curve that. But it's hard because it's delicious. So the next thing you have to ask yourself, number two, and maybe you want to make yourself a chart, you know, to make a list of these things. Okay, habits you want to change. But I'm just using that as an example. Number two, you ask yourself, what does it give me? What does this habit gives me? Me? Talking about the sugar, let's say. It gives me comfort. You know? It gives me comfort. Oh my God, you know what, sis? Uh-uh. 
let's rewind on this. Let me, because I don't want to lie to you. I don't want to lie to you. Now I use the sugar as a general consensus, but I'm going to make it about me, okay? I'm not, what I'm going to say is I'm going to put myself out there, okay? Sorry, another little interruption. Apologize for that. So let me put myself out there, sis. I'm not even going to play you, okay? Chips. My habit that I would like to change is my consumption, extravagant consumption of chips. You cannot put a crunchy, salty snack in front of me and I'm just going to like not do anything about it. I, dare I say, love chips. That's my weakness. There you got it. It's my weakness. So a habit I want to change because clearly chips are not the most nutritious things to eat. But what I want to change is eating that. So now the number two is what it gives me. When I eat chips, it does bring me comfort. It's delicious. It's salty. It's the best snack for when you're on your period. It, I mean, it literally kills the craving. I just like the way it makes me feel, especially when I'm hungry. It's just my go-to. It just gives me pure, like, just unequivocal, you know, comfort. It's my favorite snack. So and whenever I eat it, I feel good. So that's, like, an example of what it means to like if to have a habit and you have to ask yourself okay when I do this when I when I when I have a tendency to 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 do this what does it really give me for me to do that number three you ask yourself okay what can I replace it with now this I want to suggest to you to do it incrementally meaning gradually meaning one step at a time I used to be a big you know kill it or nip it at the bud or go cold turkey and, you know, I went through that with coffee, which I probably should have used as a habit because I actually overcame my coffee, but it took uh, my coffee intake, but it took a long, long time. And I'm going to use it as an, an, the, um, an example in a minute because I think that I should have gone with that too. So that's not something I recommend you do like, boom, if you're able to, hey, more power to you, you have the willpower and you have the energy, like the, the fortitude to do it. Good for you. But understand that, you know, you always have to factor in the possibility of a, what they call a relapse, okay? So what can, you have to ask yourself, okay, what can I replace it with? For chips, what I did is I replaced it with a, believe it or not, healthier versions of chips up until a point where I could replace it with an actual healthier snack alternative. Still struggling with it. Okay, I'm still struggling with it. If I want to use coffee, for example, I went from Lay's potato chips to, let's say, um, and it was a trial and error because not everything is good. So, like, I would try corn chips. It didn't work. I didn't like that too much. I'm not a big fan of corn chips, um, you know, depending on what, what it is. I went to, to, to do that. I went for, like, the healthy vegan, like, lentil chips or things of the like. And, you know, I found the kind, I found this snack that I actually like that's actually doing the trick. So if I find myself wanting to eat some chips, I'm like, "Uh, okay, let me go and see if they have, if they carry such and such brand. And if they don't, then I'll stand in the crunchy aisle, the crunchy salty snack aisle for a minute and kind of like say, okay, well, if they don't have the brand that I usually eat, let me find some, some kind of an alternative if I really feel like I need to eat chips, right? If not, I just try not to eat it if I don't have to. With coffee, what I did was I said, okay, I'm going to do coffee. And then I went to decaf. 
and then from decaf i went to tea i back like i mean i relapsed a couple of times with coffee i went from um you know regular to decaf and then i went back to regular because decaf doesn't taste the same and then god forbid they would come with a flavored coffee then i would you know because you have those cravings so eventually i pushed myself because you have to have will too you can't just be like oh well you know i can't you know i'm just gonna keep going back and forth at some point you're gonna have to say no i'm gonna drink tea and i'm gonna commit to it and i did so i started drinking tea and i committed to it and I'm off the coffee. I've been off of coffee for a whole year. I want to say I can include 2019 in it. So yeah, I'm going to say a year to be fair, like a full committed year where I only drank tea and no coffee and no decaf. So I think I'm on my, if I'm not close to a year, if I'm not a year, I'm close to a year. So that's what you have to do. You have to find something you can replace it with. It doesn't mean you're going to have it right the first time. It doesn't mean that you're going to be, you're not going to relapse and say, oh my God, I got to do that thing you're going to have to like, you know, kind of like go back and forth or you're going to have to test your own willpower to make it happen. And then the last thing you want to do is to help myself. I will dot, 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 insert a, a way to help yourself stop doing that thing. So for example, um, me, let's say for chips, and I know that it's a very mild um, example, but I decided I was going to stop buying Lay's chips or I'm going to stop buying, um, you know, a snack if I don't find a snack that I don't usually eat and I'm going to get something else or just get out of the store. (laughs) Just get out of the store. So now I'm going to say this disclaimer. There's some habits that are very small like this, that's very, you know, and I'm not saying small to make it insignificant, but there are habits that we have also that are very severe. If you're struggling with something that is really calling for outside help, you should call for help. If you need a therapist, if you need a drug counselor, if you are, you know, dealing with things a little bit more a little bit stronger habits such as you know doing drugs or and I'm not saying that from a place of judgment at all I'm just saying that if you find yourself saying you know what I'm deciding that I want to quit smoking and I'm having a hard time doing it get you some help sis don't be acting like you can do anything by yourself I'm just using the chips analogy to kind of like make an example to kind of just give you an example of how you can change your life on a minor scale or change the habits on a minor scale. But when you, if you have a monkey on your back, literally, or if you're in a bad relationship, or if you're in something that is a little bit more life-altering, then you need to seek proper help and guidance. And I think these are four good tips to help start, you know, the process of cleaning. Um, um, I got to stop using the word cleaning. In the spirit of spring cleaning, these are the things that you can do to help... Um, you know, you kind of renew yourself and renew your life and renew your space, starting with within, because the outside, the outside circumstances that you have, that you are, are a reflection of your inner self. There's a relationship between the outside and or your immediate environment and who you are as a person. It's not to say that your environment reflects who you are. I said that there is a relationship. And if there's some things that you want to change, like I was talking in one of my podcasts, if there's some things that you're looking forward to in life, sis, that you want to upgrade yourself, you have to do the upgrading 
within first so you have to be able we have to be able because i gotta throw myself in there to have the willpower to say you know what if i want to have that beach body and for myself if i want you know if i want to be healthy i have to commit to do exercise sitting on social media and looking at the beautiful women with the fabulous bodies is not going to give me a fabulous body that is befitting me it's going to be their bodies that i'm looking like that i'm looking at not the body goal that i set for myself so in the spirit of this is this there's a beautiful, beautiful life awaiting us. There's a beautiful season that is beginning in spring, bringing in summer and all of it good, if its goodness. Let's get ready for it, hun. And we got that going for ourselves. I'm excited about it, and you should too. All right, sis. Well, thank you so much for being with me today. I hope you're getting something out of the podcast. So let's end this podcast talking about the quote that I recited in the beginning of the show. And that is this here. You can't knock a woman off a pedestal she built herself. This is to kind of like also tie in what we talked about earlier in the spirit of International Women's Day um, to that situation with our young Amira at the Olive Garden. All of these things to remind us the importance of having our own, build our own, be ourselves and stand on a very solid foundation of self-awareness as women charting through life in growth progressively with strength as we should. But it's important to be fortified. When I talk about the pedestal, and that quote made me think not so much of a physical pedestal, like a little stoop, excuse me, or a stair. Not something that you stand on like a block. I think that it talks more about the foundation of who we are. Nobody can knock you off your block, as the expression goes. Nobody can knock you off your block when you're strong within yourself and who you are. What you stand on, meaning your foundational beliefs, not doctrines, not based in religions, not based in philosophies, your your belief about yourself, the thoughts that shape your own behavior, the thoughts that shape how you maneuver through life, how you choose to navigate through life. Because you can navigate through life based on somebody else's idea and narrative about you, right? But when you have your own fortitude and you know what you stand on, meaning you know what you want and what you don't want, what you do and what you don't do, how you go about things and how you won't go about things, who you choose, (laughs) And who you don't choose, where you go and where you won't go. See, all those things rely, they stand in your own decisions. How you overcome adversity, how you heal yourself. All of these things are examples of your pedestal. The ground you walk on is where you put your foot, is the space where you step on, not what is already. Sometimes there's no layout on who you're supposed to become. <laughs> Sometimes there's no blueprint, sis. Sometimes you don't have somebody that, that there generally is always somebody that's going to go before you um, as far as, you know, an example to follow. But when you stand in your own truth, you can use others as, um, as they say, inspiration or a guideline. But at the end of the day, it's only going to feel how you feel it. At the end of the day, it's only going to be how you create it to be. 
And when you have that foundation strong, ooh, sis, nobody can come, no matter how strong the wind, no matter how tempestuous the weather, no matter how confusing and no matter how chaotic the environment is, all you're going to do is you're going to be like the willow tree. You're going to like bend maybe, but you're not going to break. You're going to just bend a little bit and then you're going to come right back up. You're going to stand in your truth. You're going to be like, I don't care what you say. I'm right here. I don't care what you do. I'm moving this way. I don't care what you think because I think like this. And that, my sister, is your pedestal. That is what makes you you. And nobody, nothing can knock a woman who built her own pedestal on which she stands on. And I choose myself to live in a way where what I built is unshakable. It's not to say that you won't feel the tremors. You know, when an earthquake comes through, hey, the earth feels it, but it doesn't fall apart. It's just, you know, it shakes and things rummage around a little bit. And, but at the end of the day, you know, when things come back, then you still have your foundation to build on. And that's what I want you to remember, sis. Remember that when you build yourself, nobody can take what you do for yourself away from you. Because if they even try... And even if they succeed, you'll always be able to rebuild yourself because you'll know from what your foundation comes from. Rooted in yourself, rooted in the spirit, or in whatever, um, whatever you consider a high um, divinity or a high entity in your life, because that's important too. What your connection is with your higher power is the main component one of the main components of your fortitude. And that, sis, is what you need to remember. You work on building your pedestal no matter what. Yes, you can want to build a business. Yes, you want to kind of want to get the material things and all that good stuff. And that's part of it. But it starts with you. And that's why I was talking about habits earlier too. Because at the end of the day, you want to, if for what you want to become and what you want to try to build, you want it to stand on something strong. You want to stand on something strong. And that, sis, it's going to be the word. Thank you so much, sis, for being here with me today. I appreciate you. I love you. Hugs and kisses all around to each and every single one of you. If you want to get in touch with me, please email me at isawordpodcast at gmail.com. That is isawordpodcast at gmail.com. I look so forward to hearing from you. Um, I'm going to try to get back on track with my schedule, sis. But you know what? Bear with me. And I thank you for your patience. But until then, sis, I want you to go for your life. I want you to live boldly, to laugh hard, and love yourself even harder no matter what. Have a great rest of the week, and I will talk to you soon. Peace.